ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, when it's time, I'm on the grind. Yeah, I got the ring. I'm the champ. I'm the genie of the lamp. This is the gift I was given, so I just live by my hustle. Pocket, it don't make sense, but don't make a profit. So I hustle, ladies and gentlemen, make money, make money, money, money. Yeah. Yeah. I went to find a thing that saved my life, so I hustle, hustle. It ain't over for me, no, it ain't over for me. Okay, let's go smoke that joint. What up, what up? Fantasy Football Hustler back at you, and I'm excited because we're going to be breaking down the 2021 rookie wide receiver class. We got 12 wide receivers that we're going to be talking about with my man backstage who's patiently waiting. I'm excited. If it's your first time here, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the like button. Go ahead and get that out of the way right now. If you're watching this on replay and you have someone that specific that you want to hear about, just hit the timestamp in the bottom. Super easy. And without further ado, my, my guest backstage, he is always bringing you the Moody Fantasy Facts. He's a staff writer for The Athletic. He's a co contributor at 4 for 4 Fantasy Football and Roto Baller, here we go. Put your hands together and show some love for Mr. Eric Moody. <laughs> hey, good afternoon. Love, love that intro. I got to tell you, those highlights. I, I was getting, I was getting fired up just watching that. So that was good. Hey, yeah. appreciate the, appreciate the invite. Looking forward to talking about fantasy football as always, my friend. Heck yeah, I'm hyped up. I, I'm always interested to hear more about rookies because I don't watch as much uh, college football as I should. Uh, what up, Antonio? Thanks for joining in, bro. Before we get into your top 12 wide receivers for the rookie class, I got to, uh, you know, shout you out as just an awesome, you know, fantasy football content creator. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to do full time. And I know we got a couple people watching who are probably trying to, you know, make their headway in that space. And so I'm curious to hear from guys like you. How did you kind of get into the spot where you are now? What were some you know, things that guided your way into, you know, getting to be working for The Athletic, um, being a contributor so many places and being super well known in, you know, the fantasy world in general. Yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to help and uh, just to give anyone some tips uh, just to give back to the community. It, it's a it's a very intriguing question. I guess for me, it just all started like with, with being on Twitter because, you know, I was active like in my own home leagues and I just always been passionate about uh, giving uh, you know, giving advice and, and helping others. And so I was like, hey, let me get on Twitter. It's this fantasy football community. And so I ended up getting on there and just uh, you know, tweeted out different stats and uh, just answered start or sit questions. And, you know, I just I would answer a ton. Like anyone had a start sit question out there. So what I noticed some of the more established names, I couldn't get to everybody. And so I would just kind of join the conversations and say, I know you asked so and so, but hey, here's here's my opinion and take on it. And so it ended up just um, kind of building from there for where it kind of opened up doors to, to writing opportunities. The first site was Fantasy Football Locker Room. It's a now defunct site, so it doesn't exist anymore. But, you know, I started there, you know, produced a ton of content. And that just kind of, um, I guess, dots were connected with uh, like Fantasy Pros. And then I reached out to Rotoviz saying, hey, I'm a huge fan of your site. You know, I'd love to be able to contribute you know, here, and I hear some, some of my uh, sample articles. And so you know, that opened up doors uh, at Rotoviz. And then, uh, you know, from there, I wrote it like Gridiron Experts, you know, Dynasty League Football. But then, you know, with The Athletic, I remember when they launched, uh, you know, Jake Seeley, you know, Nando, uh, it was like James Coe, he was contributing there too. It was a few other people. And what ended up happening, I just, I just emailed like Nando and just saying, hey, I love the team that you guys are building. If, uh, <laughs> If you have like any openings or looking to add someone on, hey, keep me in mind. And so Nando, what I'm, shoot yeah, what shot. I'm yeah, shoot the shot, right? So what I know about Nando is like he, he doesn't forget like anything. He brings up stuff like from like a year or two ago. So he emailed me whenever they had a, a spot that opened up for someone that's really 
anal analytical like driven a lot of analytics and in, in the content and so i was really a perfect fit with uh you know the things that did at road events and fantasy pros and then just kind of uh took on you know from there so um, i think this season will be uh year year three writing for uh writing for the athletic and so i've also as you mentioned done things at uh, four for four you know i've kind of started my own uh, newsletter just to write about some things I haven't been able to before, you know, the way, you know, that I want to, so I'm kind of being my own editor in a way. Uh, so not have any of those guardrails around me. But I would just say to bring all that together for those that are listening, it's um, it's just really about being, uh, I would say, you know, creating content obviously helps being active on Twitter, just joining in on as many conversations as you can. Uh, but but I'd also just be very deliberate um, about the sites that you want to uh, affiliate yourself with and, and, and take stepping stones for where at the get go, it's like, Hey, if I want to write for, you know, CBS, you know, fantasy, it's like, you know, you got to kind of have to pay your dues and just kind of work your way up. I think the bigger or more robust body of work that you, that you build, it just kind of helps open up doors and, and obviously just to try to network too, when you can. Uh, definitely. So hopefully that helps. Oh yeah, definitely. I took some stuff away from that. So I'm sure some other people will too. Rum boys, Robbie in the house. No <laughs> <Going> known. <laughs> oh yeah, I know that name. <laughs> yep, he's the man. Always doing live streams, and and that's kind of how I got. I made a little bit of a name for myself in 2020, just doing live streams, answering people's questions. And I know even um, this first guy in here, Antonio, he found me. I can't remember what um, question and answer live stream he was watching, and he said he could never get a question answered. And like one of the things that I prided myself on was like literally answering every question, even if it took a little while. In the beginning of the season, it was easy. As it got towards week 15 and 16, like sometimes people had to wait like 45 minutes for their answer. And uh, they were willing to wait though. You, you, you brought something, a memory in my, in my mind. I'll, I'll share this. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna mention this analyst's name, but this person's really well known. And so I remember in one of my personal leagues, you know, I had a draft and I was like, man, I don't know about this team. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how this team is going to go this year. And so what I ended up doing was, uh, you know, I emailed uh, this analyst. I'm like, hey, here's my team. Uh, you know, what do you think? And looking back now, I can see, you know, this individual probably gets like a ton of emails, right? <laughs> and didn't respond to mine. I was just like, you know, what What am I doing? I'm like, I'm like you, you can you can do the same things that, that this other person's doing. They may have been doing it longer, but you have the same analytical mind. So, hey, Kind of make it make it work, and so that was really a catalyst for me to to nice. kind of get on Twitter and kind of and, and create you know content. So just as being an ex football player, I'm very uh, I'm very like goal driven, <laughs> and and just a grinder. I'm just like, hey, these these full time people in, in this uh, industry, okay, they're what writing four or five articles a week. Tell you what, I'll write six, and I'm still working a forty plus hour a week job. Nice, you know. So that's just kind nice. of my mindset. But anyway, it just kind of triggered <laughs> that memory. I just thought I'd share that. No, that that's <laughs> awesome. And I mean, even for me, I was trying to figure out ways to separate myself, and like everybody would come out with their starts and sits on Wednesday. Yeah. And even though that I knew I'd be missing out on a little bit of information, I put out my starts and sits on Tuesday and I was like, and then come check out my question and answer sessions throughout the week. And I just felt like I had to, just like what you're saying, I'd like had to do things to create a little bit of an edge and, you yeah. know, a little bit crowded. Love it. Nice. All right. Well, before we get into your top 12 wide receivers uh, for rookies, I'm excited about it. Let me yeah. just remind everybody, if you're not signed up at fantasyfootballhustler.com, go check it out. We're building an amazing community right now. We got an awesome Discord chat that is live 24-7, and it's all about creating new leagues. So we've already spawned up three dynasty leagues. Uh, we just started the third one um, literally last night. So if you're looking to get into a legit dynasty league and an awesome community, you know, outside of Twitter or Facebook or whatever, fantasyfootballhustler.com. Go check it out. All right. Now we're gonna go, we're gonna break this down in reverse order. So we're gonna start at number 12 and we're gonna go all the way up to number one. And number 12. How do I pronounce his first name? Diami. Yeah, I think that's right. That's how I've been pronouncing it. Diami yeah. Brown. Yami Brown, yeah, from North Carolina. Let, let's hear your thoughts um, on him because I, I really haven't heard too much. I watched some film on him. I mean, he he does look like the real deal compared to a lot of the DBs he's lining up against. Yeah, no, I, I like him a lot. Um, what I found like with this draft class is that it's obviously very deep at wide receiver, but 
it's just a lot of undervalued receivers out there that may not have, you know, the, the body of work or some of these other names that are on the list or that people are talking about. But one thing with him, with Brown, like he finished last season uh, with a little bit under 1,100 yards. Uh, you look at, you know, UNC history, you know, North Carolina history. I'm like, he became the first player, like with 2,000 receiving yard seasons, you know, like back to back. And so yeah. I think the only other receiver – you know, who recorded like a higher passer rating when targeted over the past two seasons, you know, that higher than Brown, uh, you know, was, um, you know, was Smith, you know, if you look at some of the other big names. And so I think that um, uh, rating was like 152.4. And so he's just a guy, whenever he gets like the opportunities to catch some balls, I'm like, he's going to make really, really good things happen. So he's a guy that I think really, uh, really under the radar. And if he's there like in your dynasty rookie draft or late, like in a startup, I'm like, you just got to snag this guy. Landing spot will be key, obviously, but you know, just as a talent and a player of what he did collegiately, high on. And do you think, I mean, he's lower on a lot of people's lists, I mean, because of the North Carolina, you know, yeah. just playing for guys at the, I mean, in North Carolina is not a small school, but I mean, when it's just, when you're outside the SEC, I mean, everything's a small school, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're right. You know, the SEC, the, you know, the competition there, I know a lot of people you know, talk about it, but yeah, one thing with Brown, I'm like, even though I'm like he was playing at uh, UNC, you know, you think about the competition that he's playing against. It's, I, I firmly believe like his game will translate very well like to the next level, and so I always look a lot like at landing spot because it's easy to watch his college film, look at these stats, and say, oh, I'm so intoxicated by this player, he's great, <laughs> this or that. Then once he ends up getting in a, in a spot that's like suboptimal, you're like, oh well, you know, it hasn't come together yet. Could later depending on the team. But uh, you know, with Brown, I'm curious to see where where he lands, and if he lands in a spot where he can be very successful, I think he'll hit the ground running. So, yeah, North Carolina is getting legit now. I know they got some playmakers <laughs> on both sides of the ball. Oh yeah. Now, how about number eleven, Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State? Tell me your thoughts on him. Yeah, so you look you look at Wallace. This is a guy that played like all four years, which we were talking, uh, you know, before we went live, which seems to be a rarity these days. Yeah. So like he amassed like a, a lot of numbers, you know, like three thousand four hundred thirty four receiving yards, twenty six touchdowns. I'm like Wallace is like one of two receivers entering this year's draft, like with two hundred or more receptions and more than 15 yards per reception, you know, during uh, you know, his college career. Yeah. Like the only other receiver that has uh, similar accolades, we'll say, is uh, Devontae Smith. So he's, you know, he's he's paired with really good company there. So I'm really high on Wallace. And I, his film, I mean, he was just making DBs look kind of stupid yeah. out there. And um, yeah, just, I mean, Oklahoma State, maybe that's not the household name that you want to hear. And But yeah, breaking down his stats and, the consistency that you said over 200 receptions, 15 yards, mm -hmm. you know, average per reception. You, you got to love that consistency over four years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, he, he's getting it, you know, getting it done on the collegiate level. And uh, I know when you make the jump from like, you know, from college, you know, to the uh, NFL, uh, everyone's talented, you know, athletically gifted at the NFL level, but he's just another player, you know, like, like, you know, Brown that I feel, like he'll, his game will translate very well, you know, at the next level, you know, someone obviously target like in a, you know, like a dynasty, yeah. uh, you know, as well. So yeah, I'm pretty high on, uh, on Wallace. Nice. Okay. Kadarius, uh, is it Tony or Tony? I'm just saying Tony. So Tony. I get those extra vowels in there. It makes me start thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no so I've seen him as high as, I swear I've seen him at least five on a list. I know I've seen him around the six and seven mark. Why is he number 10 for you? Yeah, for like with with uh, with Tony, it's just it's other receivers that I um, that I prefer, you know, over Tony, because Tony is kind of reminds me of one of those those hybrids where he can do a lot of different things. I think if you're going to like pigeonhole him to just do one specific thing, I don't think he can thrive as is uh, like at least that receiver as some of these other names. But like he, he played what 38 games in, in Florida, uh, put together like a lot of all-purpose yards, uh, like a little bit over 2,600. Mm -hmm. I'm like he's you know he's caught passes like 120, you know for a little bit under 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns. He's rushed a lot too, 580 yards and two touchdowns. You know he's really really good at breaking tackles. Uh, you know 32 broken tackles on only like 80 receptions, and so just as like um, with Tony, 
while I'm not as high on him as some of the others for where I'm just not big on a lot of these kind of hybrid, you know, gadget type players. Like I think one name that popped in the mind, I guess we're talking about Florida is like Percy Harvin. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, they kind of have their moments, you know, at the next level. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like we're saying, hey, Percy Harvin, let me tell you about that dude. Hall of Fame career right there. Let me tell you. And so that I would say, you know, that's probably some of the reasons on why I'm not as high on Tony as, as some as some others. But I never I never seen any ranks where he's ranked fifth or sixth. So that's uh that, that's kind of I'm kind of scratching my head on that one saying hmm, you know? <laughs> not saying it's wrong because I'm definitely not right, you know, all the time. Oh yeah, we're all I mean we're all yeah. guessing anyways. We're all yeah, guessing. Yeah, exactly. So but yeah. um yeah, it seems like I mean an- another senior who's in the class, a rare senior. <laughs> And yeah. Yeah, I did see a lot of his a lot of his highlights that I was seeing. A lot of it was out of the backfield, and mm-hmm. I mean he's breaking a lot of tackles, but he's breaking a lot of tackles with like tiny little DBs. And so yeah. that's one thing. Like, yeah, the the broken tackles are nice, but how's that going to translate to the NFL where the DBs are not you know looking lanky? I, I mean, not every yeah. DB was that he trucked, but it's that's what it seemed like to me. It's like he was just a lot bigger than a lot of guys that he was going up against. Yeah, no, that's a really good point and observation. And it's just, it just makes, it makes you wonder, is he going to be like a potential, like every down player? <laughs> yeah. You know, like at the next level with that. But yeah, that's a good point. I have that observation too, so. All right. And okay, Seth Williams out of Auburn. Another junior, um, kind of one of the bigger guys in the class as far as like size, height, weight. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, no, I, I like Williams a lot. I follow like Auburn and Alabama quite a bit because I'm, uh, you know, I'm from the state. Um, you know, live in Texas now, but born and raised in Alabama. I'm like, you look at Seth Williams, I'm like, he he's up there in school history. You know, 132 career receptions. I'm like his receiving yards, you know, 2,124. That that ranks uh, top five in school history. Nice. And um, you know, I think many are quick to point out what I've noticed is that. You know, he had quarterback woes, you know, Bo Nix under center. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't have the, the, the greatest quarterback delivering the football, et cetera. But something else that concerns me with him, though, I'm like, he, you know, he dropped like 16 passes, like in his career, like of, uh, you know, 148 catchable, you know, passes. And so um, I'm like, he did, he did have poor quarterback play, but I'm like, he does have more drops than I would like, you know, just on some of those balls. Yeah, that, that's one thing that, especially in college, I mean, one of the reasons why I don't watch too much college is it kind of annoys yeah. me how, I mean, if you're a superstar, you're just so much better than everybody else. I mean, it's just, you know, you're like watching a high school player going up against a little league team or something like that. Yeah. Like, sometimes it annoys me. And then sometimes, um, I don't know, it, it, it almost makes me wonder, do the guys just suck that they're going up against? Or are these guys like really extra, extra special? So I, I guess that's why everybody takes the SEC like a little bit more serious than. Uh, well, you, you think about this though too, which you brought up a point is uh, I'm like the jump like we were talking about earlier, like from uh, college going to the NFL, it, it's like a significant jump, and it's still a, a significant jump going like from high school like to, to college too. Yeah. And so when you you have these guys that are like athletic, you know, marvels, it's like with their athleticism, they can get by on. On, on their athleticism and you know they may not have the, the best you know technique when they're trying to catch the ball or running routes and those types of things so like those little intangibles they make a big difference at the next level if they're going to be able to win especially like contested catches you know things you know things like that and so yeah. i just know the jump personally from moving like from high school to, to college it's like it's a significant jump you know you're just not able to kind of manhandle people entirely like you could in high school with poor technique so heck yeah that's for sure Next guy on the list, number eight for you, Elijah Moore out of out of Ole Miss. I, I I like the I like the tape that I saw of him. Yes, <laughs> yes, no, I, I do too. Yeah, I'm really high on on Moore. Um, you know, last season I think he played like in eight games. Uh, then he decided, hey, I'm going to forego you know these remaining games when I get ready yeah. for the draft. But uh, you know, we're talking about the SEC. I'm like his like 1,193 receiving yards were like the most ever by an SEC player. You know, through the first eight games of the season, uh, he also excels like from the slot too, which I like. With kind of translating, you know, things to the next level. Uh, you know, guys that you can line up like really anywhere on the field. And like more ranked fourth in slot receptions of 61 and uh, slot receiving yards at 888. So I, I like him quite a bit. You know, wish you would have seen more of him last year, but just with COVID, it was obviously a unique uh, season. 
But I'm excited yeah. to see what he brings to the table at the next level or see where he lands, you know? Yeah, and it's, I mean, it seems like his size, because he's, like, he's 5'9", 185, at least that's what I see here for him. We'll see mm-hmm. if, um, you know, how that changes when he actually um, gets to the NFL. But he's going to have to be like a slot guy, right? Just because of his size. What do you think? Yeah, you were saying he's going to have to to be what? It kind of broke up a little bit. My apologies there. He's the going to – he with his size being 5'9", 185, it seems like he would have to be more of like a slot wide receiver guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So and he, he can thrive, you know, in that role. You know, they may even try to sneak him out on the outside and run different types of routes. But I'm like, it's uh, – it's it's a tough it's a tough life uh, in the slot, <laughs> you know, with some of the, the hits and things that you can make. So if you if you can prove at the next level that you can be successful there, it's a lot of money to be made, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay, Amon Ross St. Brown at at a USC looks looks great on on film. One thing that I noticed, and you can kind of tell me about this, is is he not that fast, or does he just make it look easy when he runs? Yeah, I would just say for my take, I just think he he just makes it makes it look easy. You know, the competition that he's going he's going against. He's a fun player to watch. Uh, I think he had like 137 receptions, uh, a little bit under 1,800 receiving yards, nine touchdowns, played 30 games. You know, so he's got you know substantial uh, you know body of work there, and uh, yeah, he ranks fifth on the school's uh, receptions list. So yeah, I'm like you know a lot of activity there. You know, I, I like what I see from him. You know, he's another uh, player that's kind of a little, um, I guess that's kind of outside of a lot of people's um i guess you know like on the latter part of like their top 10 you know yeah early teens where I'm, I'm curious to see where where he where he ends up and i think he's another receiver like we were talking about with um uh without marshall we will talk about here in a moment that i think can surprise a lot of people yeah i mean his size seems like there's more guys under six feet than there are guys who are over six feet in this class so it's a lot of speedy guys so yeah I feel like some of these taller guys, you get them in the right position and they're just going to make waves. They're going to, I mean, as long as they have the opportunity to make some waves right away. So I, I, I like St. Brown. He is someone who I think is going to be kind of sneaky. Yeah, no, agreed. Number six on your list, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Love the tape that I saw from him. Like that, yes. that is for sure. Yeah, no, no, agreed. Like with, with Bateman, you know, I, I'd say I'm like he's like the best route runner like in this draft class. I, I like him a, a, quite a bit. I'm like he's got you know very good hands, and he excels you know at uh, contested catches. Uh, I would say one concern, you know, because not everything's perfect with film. Obviously, is that I just don't think he has like the play speed of like some of his peers, you know, in, in the class. But uh, with Bateman. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking back like the last year because it's like, okay, he initially like opted out when it looked like the Big Ten wasn't going to play. And he's like, all right, I'm going to opt back in. You know, he <laughs> played in five games last season. But then it's like, okay, COVID, hey, I'm out. <laughs> i got to get ready for the draft. And so, yeah. you know, he only finished last season with 36 receptions, you know, 472 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. But I think back like with Bateman, like back to 2019, like, the guy was a monster. You know, it was like, 12, a little bit over 1,200 yards, you know, 11 touchdowns. And I just really love, like, we're watching him, like, his yards after the catch, like, ability. It, it's, it's truly, like, exquisite. Um, like, he broke, like, 36 tackles in college uh, on just 147 receptions. And, um, yeah, I would say for those that are drafting, like, in, uh, like, rookie drafts, um, I'm like, if he could land a guy like this, like, in the latter part of the first round or, like, early second, uh, I think that's a really good – that area to target him, depending on the format, of course. But yeah, that's what I have to say about Peyton. Definitely a good route runner. And it's crazy how much separation, like he's just creating yeah. by himself. And like you said, I mean, not really a speedster necessarily, but mm-hmm. just getting enough separation to where, yeah, with the right quarterback, I mean, you got an accurate quarterback and you can create just that second of separation. Sometimes yeah. that's all you need. Exactly. All right. Terrace Marshall Jr. out of LSU. Love I, me personally. I mean, I, I love this guy. I mean, he's the tallest out of everybody, and it just seems like he's going to be the guy to go up and get it. And I really hope that he ends up with like a quarterback that's going to throw it so he could go up and get it. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're, we're talking about him. He's, uh, to your point, he's got like the frame of like the prototypical like NFL receiver. Really, really like his catch radius. 
uh, like his play speed, of course. So excellent play speed. I'll say one area where he doesn't compare as well, like with others in the draft, I would just say is with his uh, agility. Mm-hmm. So you know, perhaps that's something that you know that that he can work on. But I would just say for right now, I'm like he's just not as uh, agile as uh, some of those other receivers. But I'm like you look at the statistical body of work, you know, for the stat heads out there. Like over the last two seasons, like he caught 94 of 134 targets, you know, for a little bit over 1,400 receiving yards. You know, at LSU, played 19 games, did miss six, you know, games over his last two seasons. But what I like about him, like he, the guy was dominant, like in the red zone, like 23 touchdowns. Yeah, and um, I would say if you look at some of the different stats, I'm like he finished fifteenth uh, uh, with two point nine one yards per route run among wide receivers with sixty or more targets. Uh, and as I, I mentioned to you backstage before we went live, I'm like this is a guy that's just scratching the surface of what he's capable of. And so I'm like if he's there during a rookie draft, I'm like I, I, I would snag him up. I'm like as soon as possible. And I think he's readily available. I haven't looked at ADP at least over the last like week, but it seems like he would be readily available like in the late first, early second, potentially. Yeah, yeah, so, I think yeah. I think so. And one thing that I like about him is just the way he's kind of like boxing people out. You know, like a basketball yeah. player, like that seemed to be like his go-to move, especially in the in the red zone in the end zone. Yeah. And you gotta love that because you really can't teach the size. You know, no, you and he's got a big body. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Now, number four guy on your list, Rondell Moore uh, out of Purdue. I like the way – I don't know if it was just, you know, some of the the plays that I was watching, but it seems like he he wants that contact and wants to be the guy yeah. initiating that contact. Yeah, like with, with Moore, what, what I noticed like when uh, kind of watching him is that um, I, I love his agility, you know, very good agility you know, that he has. Uh, he's excellent like after the catch with creating yards. He's got solid play speed. I would say one thing I'd like to see him improve uh, on is like his uh, catching ability. Uh, I'd like to see him be able to improve, uh, you know, on that. Um, I'm thinking back, like with uh, with more, like his 2018 season was was like epic. <laughs> you know, thinking yeah. back, it's like I'm like, look at this guy. I'm like, he's 114 receptions, like for 1,258 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. Uh, only issue is that you look over like the the next two seasons and like he only played uh, seven games, mm-hmm. and so that that's that's obviously a concern. But um, I'm like he's he's displayed you know remarkable upside. I just think that some people may be concerned about his uh you know his durability, mm-hmm. but I think he could end up being from a fantasy lens like a really nice uh, really nice value, um, especially if you're. Um, like in even, you know, regardless of the format, you know, like a super flex or a one quarterback leagues, it's a, it's just some people that when they're drafting, they kind of have that, what have you done for me lately? Like mindset. Yep. And yep. so they end up overlooking him, but I'm just like looking back at 2018, I was like, my goodness, you know, he could have con- continued that trajectory. We'll be talking about him along like with Devontae Smith and some of the other top tier guys. Yeah. So. For sure. Um, I, I'm seeing him getting used a lot out of the backfield. And I know you mentioned you kind of like lower, you know, the gadget guys. Do we, th- I mean, is he going to be someone who is going to come into the NFL and you think get used as more of a hybrid guy? Or do you think he will get into a role where he's strictly wide receiver and not too much rush? Obviously, it depends yeah. on the position, I know. Yeah, no, I, I just kind of see him as more of a, um, just with, you know, with the offense he was a part of, like in college, just kind of more of like a, uh, wide receiver guy uh not more not more so like um like a tony you know where he's like lining up like all all over the place yeah yeah i'm a little bit higher on him for being a pure receiver you know in that regard he'll probably get some opportunities out of the backfield too but just you know more of a receiver guy yeah i mean all all these fast wide receivers i mean they're they're gonna get the jet sweep opportunity i mean a lot just one of the nfl's favorite plays now (laughs) okay Jalen Waddle out of Alabama, the speedster himself. <laughs> he, he is a speedster. Um, like he's really, really good at uh, and consistent, like with creating separation. You, know, you mentioned the speed, you know, great athleticism. Another guy that would love his yards after the catch uh, ability when he gets the ball in his hands. Uh, I'll say one thing with Waddle, you know, he could improve a little bit more uh, as a route runner. Uh, so we'll see if that's a, a skill that he'll uh, develop. But he only played 242 snaps uh, in six games last season. And he did catch 28 of uh, 32 targets, 591 receiving yards, four touchdowns. 
this is a guy, look at his career. I'm like, he averaged like 19 yards per reception during his collegiate career, which yeah. actually ranks second on Alabama's all-time list. The minimum was like 100 receptions. Nice. Uh, so he's like a, you know, he's like a unique talent. And uh, I think someone you're in drafts, you know, mid to late first round dynasty rookie draft, go ahead and uh, go ahead and snag it. So we can't deny his talent. We can't deny his speed. I mean, the one thing we can get, kind of deny is his size. I mean, got guys, his size. I mean, they don't usually end up being the top tier wide receivers. You know, um, what, what do you think about that? Like, how do you think he actually translate? Because one thing that I was noticing, it seemed like he was just faster than everybody else. I, I mean, literally on every play that I saw, it just mm-hmm. seemed like he was so much faster than everybody else. And I don't I mean he's not going to be the sure. fastest guy in the NFL. DBs are going to be able to keep up with him. Yeah, yeah, I think I think with his speed, you know, we'll be able to uh, be able to translate, you know, really well you know, to the next level. But also just with uh, if you've got a guy that's really good at, um, you know, like yards after the catch, I think that helps. But then just being, uh, you know, very agile too with that athleticism, you know, that kind of short area quickness, you know. So I think he can find ways to create some uh, some opportunities for himself and just some space, and then he can uh, he can take it from there. But it's a uh, it, it's so different in the, in the league these days because you don't necessarily need to be the, you know, the six four, you know, Calvin Johnson esque looking, you know, wide receiver to be successful. I'm like we've had a ton of uh, wide receivers that aren't quite as uh, quite as tall, you know, and fast that have done well. Just one that pops in my head because easy is like Tyree Kill. You know, he's he's had a lot of uh, success, obviously, yeah. you know, in his career, you know, playing in, in Kansas City. So it's uh, yeah. I think one thing that's key is that. Um, Wherever these guys land, I'm like the you know the teams that they're with, offensive coordinators, you know they'll they'll scheme you know to to get them open, and they'll really leverage on what what they do well, and you know you, you may have some ignorant coaches for where they you know just try to force their way of doing things. But I think the ones that do really well kind of like evolve their thinking and say hey, I'm going to customize what I do to the players that I have. That is one thing that we're that we are seeing more in the NFL. Um, I mean, even Bill Belichick. I mean, he's tailoring you know his offense around Cam Newton. So it is good that yeah th- these coaches are tailoring things around the players themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and David, good point. It helps that the DBs can't be physical. Yeah, that is uh, <laughs> that is for sure. That makes a difference. Okay. <laughs> Number two on the list, no surprise here. I mean, the top two guys are just in a tier of their own. Devonta Smith out of Alabama. So we got two Alabama wide receivers going back to back. And, I mean, I've seen him first. I've seen him second on a lot of lists. Um, tell me what you think about Smith. Yeah, no, I love Devonta Smith, especially being a uh, being an Alabama guy, watching a lot of uh, Bama football. I'm like, he's explosive, you know, out of his cuts. You know, guy's lethal, like in the open field. A uh, great route one, a uh, great route runner, excuse me, and um, he's he's going to be a guy that's able to contribute like immediately uh, at the next level. So it, it kind of reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, thinking like a guy like Amari Cooper, you know, when he came out for where yeah. I'm like, you know, he had some success, you know, great route runner. I'm like, you plug and play, you know, wherever you need him, hey, he'll he'll hit the ground running as a uh, as an NFL receiver. Uh, I just I, with him, it's it's. Um, I just think that, okay, you're looking at a guy with this skill set that I'm like, he's a plug and play. I'm like, he can translate well to like any NFL scheme. Uh, You know, you look at his body of work, uh, especially with some of the players that he's mentioned in this regard, like with, you know, one of three Heisman Trophy winners at Alabama history. Yeah. Joins like Mark Ingram, you know, Derrick Henry. I'm like, this is a guy that holds like the SEC and Crimson Tide record for like career receiving yards, <laughs> like in touchdowns. I'm like, you look at all the advanced stats, you know, for the stat heads out there at PFF. I'm like, right first in deep receptions, like deep yards. Something else that um, I just haven't heard too many people talk about, but um, I could be wrong, obviously, is that like he's also really, really good, like on screens. Yeah. Uh, and he also had like the fifth most receiving yards from the slot. And so, He's a guy that you can really line up anywhere to get you know production out of. And if you got a top three pick in a single quarterback dynasty format, uh, you got to take him. You know, top three mid range first round pick if you're in super flex. I know some people today were kind of talking about like the, the guys like weight. This where sort of things kind of get like get like out of control. It's just like okay, well he's only like a buck seventy. I am going to lower him in my rankings <laughs> because he's a buck seventy. A buck seventy. 
So if he's a buck seventy-five, a buck eighty, is it gonna make a difference? We're talking about ten pounds here. <laughs> Take the dude to McDonald's, okay? Get him a couple of Big Macs, glad it on. There we go. But it's just like I just it just blows my mind when people get all wrapped around the axle over like weight and, and some of these different things. And so I'll, I'll go ahead and plug the line that we're talking about. I thought that's why you got to play the piano with both hands. I'm like, film's gonna tell you one thing. All these metrics and things are gonna say the other. Don't live or die by each one. Blend them together. And, and, and most importantly, for those on fantasy football Twitter, be nice, like Dalton said in Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> well said. And, yeah, I mean, the best thing – I mean, the thing that I like about Devontae Smith is, like you said, just being able to be lined up literally wherever. And yeah. you get on a good offense and you can play any, you know, spot out there, makes it a lot easier for you to get into the lineup. So, yeah, yeah. he's going to be a plug-and-play, a guy who might not be start- – he might be a starter. It just depends on where he goes. But I feel yeah. like no matter what, he's not starting off lower than three on any team's depth chart. Yeah, I'm like, even if he does start off as, as a three, it's just like just being able to just to feast. I'm like, you think about C.D. Lamb. It's like last year, yeah. you know, where he's like Dallas's, you know, like third receiver. And it's just like I would love to see what he could have done if, if Dak would have played the whole season. So, my yep. goodness. <laughs> yeah. All right. And – Someone who recency bias does not make a difference towards because he didn't play in 2020 and uh, still number one or two on literally everybody's list. Jamar yeah. Chase out of LSU, so talented. Yeah, he is talented. You know, guy's a playmaker, reliable hands, you know, very good play speed, you know, route running ability, all the things you want to look at at a wide receiver, he, uh, he has. And so something else that I always like about him, Guy is very capable, you know, of handling uh, double teams, which uh, should translate well, you know, to the next level. You know, you got to wonder if Chase will be a little rusty, you know, after sitting out, you know, for the season. So it's something that, um, you know, that you, know, you want to think about. Yeah, I know the, uh, for the commenter there, super physical. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you like guys like that that kind of play with that, you know, with that, that toughness. You know, that's always, that's always key. So it's, um, I think back to 2019, like with Chase, I'm like, set the world like on fire like sec records uh, during that season it was like 84 receptions like a little bit under 1800 like receiving yards it's like you know ncaa ea football numbers right there yeah. you know, <laughs> with that 24 receptions of 20 or more yards uh what, what i thought was always fascinating when kind of looking back at, at chase even though he opted out it's like something i always think about with him i was like man you know like he was like the most productive receiver on an LSU Tigers team that birthed the most prolific rookie wide receiver season in NFL history in Justin Jefferson. And so yeah. I'm like, with, with all these different intangibles, even with the year off, it's like you, you you've got to you got to land them. I'm like, if you've got a if you need a receiver for your dynasty team, I'm like, you've got that you got that pick, you know, the 101. I'm like, you, you can't go wrong like with them. You you, you got to take the plunge. Yeah. I agree. I mean, you're going to have to pay for him. If you want him, you're going to have to pay for him. I do like to nitpick a little bit and play devil's advocate. I mean, mm -hmm. do you think because their team was so loaded? I mean, I know he did get double teams, like you said, and he did have to break off of those. But do you think just being surrounded by so much talent, being on the championship squad, I mean, do you think that helped his numbers and helped, you know, just helped him in general get to where he is? And do you think the Jefferson rookie season is inflating his – like hype. No, I wouldn't say it's it's inflating it. It's um because you look at what he did, like you know, in that 2019 season with, with who he was was surrounded with. Um, like he's, he's showing you what he's capable of. Uh, but I just think with being on a high profile team like LSU, uh, like obviously helps because I, I, I the way I look at it is that every week it's during that season, especially as things kind of escalated even more. Where it's like, wow, does these guys are going to play for the, the title? Is that uh, I'm like you're 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 getting everyone's a plus game like every week. Yeah, you, you really can't take like a like a play like a playoff. It's just it's like the equivalent if you're like an Alabama or like an Auburn for where you're playing. Um, you know, I, I was then this is probably not the best comparison, but you get where I'm going with this. Like it's like you're playing like you know Appalachian State. I'm not saying that they're a bad team because they did have that upset. Remember many moons ago, but it's just like you, you, you don't even on those games you're getting everyone's best. Yeah. So if he was still able to to uh, accumulate these types of numbers in that scenario, 
Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he brings, uh, you know, at the next level. But it's like a coin flip. You know, you, you can't go wrong with Chase. You can't go wrong with Smith. So it's just like, you know, pick pick your poison, you know, who, who you want. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what these guys do at the next level. Yeah, and I think bo- both guys, I mean, I, I just think they're both going to be high draft picks. I'm so curious to see where they go. And I think no matter what team they go on, neither one of them is going to start lower than the third wide receiver on the depth chart. Yeah, no, you're right. And landing spot is is key. Uh, you know, just on just on where where they go, it's um, I'm like it can help. You know, success or failure is awfully or often you know determined by that. I'm like you look at like, I know we're talking about Justin Jefferson, but I'm like he landed in a pretty good situation in uh, you know, Minnesota. You know, Diggs kind of moving on, so he was able to see some opportunities. So, yeah, I think that'll be really important. It's um, that's what I always like to do. It's like whenever it's good to have an understanding about these players, like you know beforehand but then it's like the real like analysis can begin it's like once we find out where their landing spots are especially for those you know those uh you know the, the fantasy folks so gotta keep hustling right there you go all day every day <laughs> and that's yeah. why i didn't really want to put out any rankings right now because until we know the landing spot i mean i'm just doing my best to take all this information in talking to guys <laughs> like you and you know just people who may have been watching more games than me because i i don't watch college games. I'll probably get into it more next year. Mm-hmm. But this COVID season, it uh, it just made everything kind of a whirlwind. Yeah, it, it did. And I think we saw that, too, on the um, – even at the NFL level. Like, I know we're talking about, um, you know, like with Justin Jefferson, the season that he had. But it's it's like these guys, like, rhythms were, were off. Um, yeah. Just from, from playing the game, it's like you're, you're big about your, your routine. It's like, all right. Wednesday, every Wednesday at four o'clock, this is what I'm doing. I'm working out or I'm running or doing this and then not being able to have like the, the normal like off season program. Uh, it just, in many ways, you felt like it kind of stunted like some of their, some of their development. Uh, like Jefferson obviously is one of the the ones that, Hey, he hit the ground, you know, running, especially in the latter part of the season. But then you know, we forget about guys like Henry Ruggs. I'm like, he was a guy that was, <laughs> I'm like that I'm very high on and still am, but it's, uh, you know, we expected bigger things from him, but I'm curious to see like with last year's class and uh, with this one to a degree, this incoming class on with them kind of having a somewhat normal spring and summer, (laughs) what that's going to translate to, you know, fantasy for this year. So, and you bring up a good point about like routines and all that. Cause yeah, I mean, all these athletes, I mean, I'm sure their weekly routine is very similar as far as like the way they're training and Mm -hmm. things like that. And so you being an, an ex-college athlete, what, I mean, let's say you you had to push back a game from a Saturday to a Wednesday or a Tuesday or something like they had to do in the NFL. Like, how would that, just talk about the mental of how, how that would be for an athlete, like having to change up your entire, what, like two-week routine at that point? Because now you're having to adjust for the next week after. It's it's more impactful than you think because the the mental part of it's like key you know like the fall like the we'll fall like the reps and, and different things that's why I um like me personally I'm, I've never been like a big fan of like the the Thursday night games yeah. <laughs> just like every time I think about it, it's just like that's got to wreak havoc on your routine because it's like yeah. you have the game on Sunday then it's like all right you get like. You don't, you don't really get much, much downtime and you don't get as much prep time like in film preparation and, you know, installing like the, the game plan. And, and just physically, your body's used to playing like on a Sunday, you know, if you're in the NFL uh, in college, you know, you're used to like Saturday. But if you have a Thursday game, it just kind of changes things up. I think when you factor in those little changes on top of of like with COVID, you know, too, just with uh, not being able to do like OTAs, not having a preseason, it's just it has much more of an impact than uh, than what many people uh, many people think. It's uh, I think uh, I think a good way to to uh, to explain it, uh, which kind of hits close to home. I think for anyone that's listening to this, is that uh, it, it's almost the equivalent of like you, it's your day job. I'm like if you're like, hey, I'm a I'm a nine to five guy. Get there at nine. I'm out at five. It's like the it's like the equivalent of saying, hey, you know, for right now, you're going to be ten a.m. to six thirty. <laughs> it just disrupts everything. Well, you know, I get home. I, you know, I got kids. I help them with homework. It's like ten to six thirty. Adapt, <laughs> make it happen. And so that's kind of how it was with all these NFL players. Just the the rhythm and timing and everything was off. Uh, they're getting paid enough to adjust, obviously. So I'm not saying don't feel bad for them. 
<laughs> but yeah. it's uh, but it's just on the mental side of things, it does have a does have a huge impact. I'm really not a fan of Thursday night football at all. The um, the play is usually a little bit more poor than it yeah. is um, for any team. Doesn't even matter. Yeah, they don't have enough time to prepare, and we've seen a lot of injuries on the Thursday night games too. So yeah. that uh, I'm not I'm not a fan. I would rather get. I, I understand the. Uh, you know, the Thanksgiving Day traditions or anything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's one game out of the entire year. Now we got 16 Thursday night games. Um, Yeah, it just makes a difference, and I'm not a fan of it. I wish that they – I know at one time it seemed like they were trying to schedule people on Thursday after their bye week, and that seemed like the only way to kind of make it fair where it's Mm -hmm. not messing up a routine. Yeah. But – Yeah, it's just even for fantasy, it's like – yeah, it's just it's tough because you're I'm like you I mean if you got like especially just as an example, like with running backs, it's uh you got a guy that, you know, may have had twenty, you know, twenty five touches like on Sunday and it's like come back on Thursday, it's like you know, you then you're kinda of wondering, I'm like, how much of a workload is this player going to get? And then to your point, like injuries, you know, so and I know the uh, the person commented, yeah, with that seventeen game season, you know, is coming. I'm curious to see whenever uh, that it sounds like all signs are pointing to that being you know, hey, that that's going to happen, and I'm just yeah. curious on how they're going to structure these schedules. Is it going to be, you know, multiple bye weeks? You know, they're going to try to pivot, like you were saying, uh, when you have a Thursday night game, try to put your bye. You know, they they just got to give these uh got to give these guys rest. You know, it's just it takes a toll like on your body with these games, and we've all seen the hits. <laughs> it's like, you know, these guys are flying all around. So, yeah, <laughs> you can make the new media deal. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, very true. Well said. Yeah, that was a huge one. Can't wait to see what happens. But, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you. I, I love talking rookies, um, especially since I don't track them that much. I just like to get to ask questions and all that. Yeah. So I appreciate you spending your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not a problem at all. Uh, if you want, if we have a couple of minutes, you want me to drop some of those names for, like, under-the-radar guys? We yeah, have let's, yeah, let's get some sleepers in here. All right. So, um let me see. So I made a, kind of like a quick list of some guys. Just make sure I hit on everyone. I would say a couple of guys keep on your radar. You know, um, I think these are guys I think that can have like an immediate like contribution. You, obviously, depending on where, where they land would be uh, like Elijah Cooks, like out of uh, Nevada. Yeah. You know, like he's a guy that I really like. Uh, you know, Jalen Darden, you know, North Texas guy, UNT. Yeah. Right in the backyard, you know, guy's a beast. So I think he'll he'll do well. Uh, I may butcher, butcher his name out of Iowa, but uh, Ishmir Smith Marset. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's another guy that I like. Um, poor QB play, you know, kind of sabotaged his uh, final season. Jonathan Adams out of Arkansas State. And uh, Pookie Williams, who's kind of like another one of those hybrid guys. I, I'd love to see them say, hey, we're going to make you a wide receiver. <laughs> so yeah. I'm gonna, I'll put that, uh, that disclaimer out there. Uh, I think if they just make him a wide receiver, he'll be he'll have a more productive career, at least in my opinion. Yeah, those are some guys to kind of keep on your radar. Got to have some guys for later in the draft. Yeah, um, absolutely. All these top guys are going to be going in, you know, top three rounds in um, rookie drafts, I'm sure, if not in the top two rounds that we talked about. So, yeah, yeah. always going to have some sleepers in our back pocket for the later rounds. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, always. It's uh, like an article that I did last year at 4 for 4, which I'll, uh, I'll probably end up doing again, but it was just uh, – like twelve like sleepers to target uh like late in your uh, your dynasty dynasty rookie drafts. You know, these guys kind of keep on the radar. So yeah. Uh David asked about uh Nico Collins from Michigan. Oh about Nico? Yeah. He's one of the taller guys <laughs> in the draft. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. Now he's another guy to keep keep on your radar too. It's uh yeah it's just it's just tough because you have some of these these players where they uh aren't really in the best like offensive situations Yeah, <laughs> or quarterback play. Like one guy from um, uh, the, the previous class that popped into my mind was like uh, Donovan, like people's Jones. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, you know, the quarterback play that he had in uh, in Michigan, you know, was, was like suboptimal. He's a guy yeah. I was really high on. I was kind of disappointed to see that they brought Rashard Higgins back. Cause he was a guy that I felt like could break out. Like uh, yeah. if Higgins wasn't there, but you know, it is what it is. Yep. We'll see. Maybe Baker can uh, take care of all three guys this year. Ooh, we'll see. 
And Baker Mayfield support, you know, ooh, multiple fantasy wide receivers. That's, that's an intriguing question right there. Now we'll see if he continues his development. He, he was solid the latter part of last season. Surprised a lot of people, didn't he? Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's that that nothing to lose attitude. You know, I mean, they literally got nothing to lose. Like the Browns, I mean, kind of always suck. No one's expecting much out of you. You play in the same division with uh, the Steelers and the Ravens. So yeah. no one's ever expecting you to win the, you know, division or anything. So <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> I think this is the first year where he's uh, kind of keeping some of the same coordinators from like year to year. Right. Yeah. Good point. Little, so we, little continuity. Yeah. So we shall see. So, um, Really appreciate you coming on. Um, tell everybody where to find you at and find all your work and everything. I know uh, you got so many uh, places where to find your content out there. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm all over the place. But, no, yeah, thank you for the for the invite. You know, it's always good talking about fantasy football. You know, rookies look forward to the next time. And so, again, you know, to his point, I'm all over the place. I'm like, you can find me at The Athletic. You know, I, I contribute there uh, during the regular season. And also uh, in the off season too, you know, I'll have a uh, another article dropping at the Athletic for this week. Uh, you can also check check me out at uh, Moody Fantasy Facts. Um, you know, it's a newsletter through uh, Substack where I've got free content and also premium content that's getting ready to launch. So it would help out tremendously. I'm like, you go to the website, uh, you know, get on the distribution list to uh, sign up there. Much appreciated. Uh, also, get four for four and uh, Roto Baller. I also do a lot of fantasy basketball stuff, too, which uh, kind of surprises people. So I've got a column, a DFS column that's published every Sunday and Monday for our DraftKings at uh, Rotoballer. And also did some uh, NBA stuff uh, for the draft kit at The Athletic uh, going into this previous season. So to your point, I I am all over the place, but uh, any support that you can uh, provide is uh, much appreciated. And I'll uh, return it to you with advice, you know, Twitter, Clubhouse, reach out to me. Always open to chat about fantasy football. So thanks for the time. Yeah, appreciate that. And keep hustling. I love it. Thanks, everybody, for sitting in. Um, everybody who was watching live, really appreciate you guys. Got another live stream coming up in a couple hours and got live streams coming up every day this week. So I'm excited. If you're not subscribed yet on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Hit the like button. Let's smash it when we're getting out of here. See you guys later. Appreciate there you. Go. Peace out. Yeah. You ready, Jim? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, when it's time, money grind. Yeah, I got the ring of the champ on the GB of the lamp. This is the gift I was given, so I just live by my hustle. It don't make sense, but don't make a profit. So the hustle, ladies and homies, make money, make money, money, money. Yeah. Hold out here for a pill. Yeah, no. Ready, trying to get this money for the real. I want to find a thing that saved my life. So I hustle, hustle. It ain't over for me. No, it ain't over for me.